start of last year and I got asked to do Kipper and Born and I was like, oh my God, what an opportunity. And then I got asked to do this show with you and I was like, God, what an opportunity. And then the common denominator in all this is we have to talk about Leafs every time, every day, every night. All we talk about is the Leafs and this is all they do. Okay, so nice pushback in the third period. Hooray for you. You played a period. And part of me isn't even mad because Arizona is not trying this year. Like they're just fully in the tank. And so that team, can you really expect your opponent to show up every night? And I would say if that opponent is the Leafs and you already laid one egg to start the season, then yes, show up, show up for the game. The second period was embarrassing. Like, you know what I had in my notes as the highlight for the Leafs through, through two periods? Let me add <laughs> penalty kill. And one shift that the Leafs had after a uh, power play. Like, after. Oh, wow. Exciting stuff. <laughs> Compelling and rich. <laughs> Matthews and Marner after the first. Arizona for about a minute in the first. That was good. And Marner on the penalty kill uh, gave them a little bit of a boost in the second. Those are my positive notes. End of list uh, throughout the first two. They had a really good shift in the first period where they had the puck in the offensive zone for like a minute and a half. That was a highlight. Yeah, that was good. That's but they said the second period. They said the second period. The Marner stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. To the first. Yes. They were lucky to be in that game even, too. Like, let's mm-hmm. push them. They had a great effort in the third. They turned it on. But that turnover that Arizona had, and even the power play goal, they got no shots on the power play all game long. They're just basically not getting anything in that. Lo and behold, they finally put one on net. And guess what? Good things happen. Nylander's there with everybody with their back to the net and scores just about the easiest goal that you're going to see outside of the one Malgan had this year. They're back in the hockey game. You could feel it. They were just buzzing. And then just two brain-dead sequences that are going to haunt me until Thursday and maybe even beyond. Callie Yarncrock. Your team is in the offensive zone. You've got all the momentum. There's two minutes left. I hate that call, though. I hate that call, too, man. But you can't be doing that. Like, what are you doing? You're well out of his hand. No, no, no. Don't play the other. You got No, you got it. You got it. You, you, you got it. You, no, I watch it again. You got to hold on to your stick. You got, it's a stupid spot, but hold on. To your, but hold on to your stick. What? Why are you doing that there? And then because he's trying to gain entrance to the front of the net. And then Justin Hall with just like you try to defend the guy and you try to say, hey, He's hard done by in this city. Hey, is he better right now than Rasmus Sandin? 100%. No question about it. I'm hot. I'm hot after this one. I'm well, I can I, I, I'm not as hot as you. I think, listen, dead stuff. Well, it's a hard play. It's a rolling puck coming off the sideboards under pressure that he's trying to get out of the zone. And it goes off the, he, he gets good. He gets good one on it. goes off the guy's stick lands. It's a, it's a tough, awful looking play, but that's a really hard play under pressure, a rolling puck dig. Digging. No, 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 I'm not stoked at all. Listen, no, it's a hard game, Sam. Whatever. Yeah, but that's a tough play to dig it off the puck. It's a tough play to dig the puck off the boards and get it out in one motion. It's a hard. He's under pressure. I understand. It looks bad. He coughed it up the middle. Yes, he was. There's two guys on him. What are you talking about? I wish we had a highlight to show it, but he didn't. An entire day. No. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. He made a panic play and he blew the, he blew the hockey game. And then like the hand pass penalty or the hand pass call. I don't know how you make that definitive. I'm sorry for that to be definitive. 
moment, I'm pissed about that too. There's just nothing about this game that I'm happy about. I'm just choked. I'm out. Well, I watched it that I wasted my time through those first two periods, that they had poor Eric Schalgren in net back there. You know, did some nice saves tonight. Yeah, he did. He did his damnedest. And they still couldn't pull out a win against the Arizona Coyotes. And they're 2-2. Two and two. They got two losses against two teams that are straight up trying to tank. Two teams that are desperately trying to get Connor Bedard. Well, so the hand pass, let's, let's, let's talk it out a little bit. Because... To make no, I I went. Listen, they played like crap all night. I'm just saying that Justin Hall made a bad play on the along the sideboards. The rolling puck, it's a tough play. It's not pretty, but it's a tough play. He rushed it. It's a hard play. You're trying to clear the zone. I get it. I understand why it looks bad. Justin Hall's a whipping boy, but that's a hard play in a fast game. I'm not, I'm not, you know, apologizing. Anyways, the hand pass is what we got to talk about. And I am really confused about it because I can see both sides of it, can't you? Like it did hit his hand. But he didn't make a motion to knock it down. Like, why, at what point does it hit an extremity versus which is a hand? What is a hand pass? Like, it can hit you in the back of the hand, I guess, and it's not a hand pass. You can hit you in the wrist, and he had nowhere to move his hand. Like, the stick was stuck there. He had nowhere to put it. He had nowhere to do it. And it just kind of like hit his hand and falls down. They're digging away at it. I'm just confused by the call. This is what I would love to have the refs post game show where they talk about the decision in more depth because I have no idea. Like I'm truly confounded by that one. I understand it hit his hand, but how is that a pass? He made no motion to move his hand. It didn't like, I, I'm completely confused by that. I would love to know. That's what I was frustrated with where they made the call is how you made it definitive. Cause there's a stick in there. Like we, I think Craig Simpson is called more national broadcast now than any yes. being alive. He's done a lot. Yeah. And he did not react like that was a hand pass. He went, nah, it touches the stick. And then they looked at it again, and he still didn't say anything. And then they went over to review it, and as they're reviewing it, he's going, no. Like, the stick's in there. He doesn't push it forward. Like, what? what is this? Where is this the definitive nature to overturn this call? And that's the only thing that I keep sitting with, and this is the thing I hate about review. And granted, this is one that doesn't come up too often. Like, that's a pretty freakish, flukish play. Mm -hmm pretty one-off play. I just, I don't see how you could definitively tell that it was Keller, right? That hit, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. touched the puck. I don't know how you could definitively tell that Morgan Riley was like making an actual motion to guide the puck. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I didn't see that as like Toronto gained an advantage off of the play. And so for them to kind of make that call, I don't want to be sour grapes about it or blame the officials because I just, again, Toronto made their own luck. Can I tell you, can I tell you something? I'm actually from a, you know, you know who they love to talk about lessons and they love to talk about learning lessons. You know, that's one of their favorite things to harp on every post game show. Oh, we learned a hard lesson. I'm actually like part of me as an early season lesson that Sheldon Keith will guarantee talk about in his post game. Like he always does. I'm kind of glad that got called back. Like they got, if that went in and they won that game, they did not deserve to win that game. Like this is a big time wake up call in terms of another game where you come out here and you expect to win. How many times does Keefe have to talk about it? Every post game, every pregame, when they're playing a dog, you know what team, he always is like, yeah, he gets asked a question. Someone inevitably asks him the question. Oh, you know what? Well, you got to talk about playing against these worst teams, talking about playing these teams, like playing down to your opponent. And they do it over and over and over. Like They didn't deserve to win tonight. I'm glad that call got, like, they didn't get deserve the excitement of overtime and having people happy about that. That was a crap effort for what? 80%, 90% of the game, 
crap effort and they got a couple lucky bounces, like you said, I just, I was disgusted by the effort all night again. And I just, I don't know. It's such a hard conversation to have because it feels like it's the same one over and over. It's Groundhog Day with these guys. This is why I'm so hot tonight, buddy, is because it's game four and already Eric Schalgren's in the net. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the second goal, you kind of wish he would make a save. Yeah, I guess. But he's an AHLer though. Like, what do you want? But that's why it stings is because you've got an AHL goalie in there who last year had under 900 save percentage in the NHL. Like, you're not writing him off at that point of his career, but it's pretty clear that he should at best be the fourth goalie in your organization. He's the third. And he's the third on a team that has two lottery tickets in net. And you look up and the game starts, and I think the Leafs had given up nine shots when he gave in the second goal. Okay, so great. You've got, to, you've got to play a completely different style of game. Otherwise, you're straight up letting this kid hang out to dry because you know if you give up 25-plus shots, he's letting in what, four? Like yes, I was going to say within the three to four range, no doubt. Three is a miracle at that point. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. We're still in this game. The effort is tough because I really did think that Marner had a lot of moments on the penalty kill that like he, he showed up for this game. Didn't see a ton of juice from Matthews. The second line didn't have enough. Malgan makes a horrible play that creates a too many men call where it just, it, it was a bad play by everybody on the bench, but a, a very ghostly night from Dennis Malkin. I don't mm. that guys in the lineup, the Nick Robertson call up. If I'm Malkin, I'm going, Hey, I, I realize that I, I won't be dressing for the next game. You can go out tonight, Dennis. Like you can have, you can have a night. It was just tough. And then we didn't even talk about it, but Jake Muzzin left that game. And it was pretty quiet how he left the game. He was pissed early about a hit up high. And then all of a sudden he's just gone and you go, oh, right. So now you've got Eric Schalgren in that. You're getting two out of four games where you're not getting any effort. And the history repeating itself of playing down to your competition, which I know happens over the course of 82. But I just don't think it should happen night game four. And you've already had one. And now you're going to have a blue line that is going to have Rasmus Sandin, Justin Hall, and Victor Mete um, likely for a Thursday night game. And again, a, a Stanley Cup aspiration season. It's just, yeah, it's, it's hard to swallow some of this stuff this early, man. Yeah, so you mentioned Matthews, and he's now has one even po strength point through four games. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's looked nearly as dominant as he looks in years past. And it, he had a slow start last year, yeah. but like, I, it's hard to be, you know, Oh, Matthews is having a tough goal out there. He's obviously going to get to where he needs to go. But I think from the top down, it's a trickle down effect, right? Like you look at what you look at what he's done. And a lot of these guys kind of fall in line with him. I guess Willie scores another one tonight, but you know, I probably could have tucked that one if it landed on my stick there. It's, it's not like it was a really amazing play by him. I just, I don't know What's going on with him in spe uh, specifically with Matthews? Because he's like I said, one one even strength point through four games is not what we're used to with him. And he's just been a really slow start. And it kind of just feels like the whole team's sluggish, a slow start. And you wouldn't expect this from a team, like you said, that has Stanley Cup aspirations, a team that is ready to prove that they're different than years past. And it just looks exactly the same as it always does. You, you know, it's always really tough to comment on character because even earlier today, I like I think there are real moments like, you know, that first period sequence that you talked about where those four guys in particular, they look like they're man among boys, right? Like they're just, and you saw it again in the third period too, when they started to take over, it's just that the coyotes are completely overwhelmed. They're mm -hmm. 
on the same planet as you talent wise. We're not ready to compete at this level when you bring your A game. Once again, I understand it's not sustainable to bring it over 82. I know that even the best players take nights off, that some guys coast, they have, you know, bad games, whatever you want to say. But to me, if I'm the Leafs, like, or if I'm a Leafs fan, who were booing again tonight, by the way, that's two nights of some boos getting launched down. Rightfully so. A hundred percent rightfully so, but I can't remember this fan base feeling as ornery as it does right now, especially in that building. And I can't wait to get down to a game and kind of feel the atmosphere, but you, you could feel it through the TV on night one when they were doing the intros, when they first kind of laid out a few boo birds, and then now again. So it just feels this way. But if you're a Leaf fan, man, this is a bit of a stretch, but I still I don't care. I'm doing it. This is why you hate to hear Sheldon Keefe say we got the respect in the handshake line. There's just self-satisfaction sometimes to the group that you feel hovers over everything. Like most teams, I would imagine, that have the talent of the Toronto Maple Leafs and get talked about this way and get written off the way that they have been so many times, that get clowned on. How many jokes did Montreal Canadiens fans make online about the Leafs after the first game of the season? Like how many memes and different things need to clown on Leafs. I saw another thing somebody sent me today where I think it was this hour's 22 minutes, which I sorry, but oh. existed, but they guide as a monologue. The milk thing. Yeah. It's cool. cringe, 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 cringe. I only point <laughs> punching bag. Can you be a punching bag? And obviously it's going to change in the postseason. but don't you have any pride? Like, don't you have any, like, this is what you think of us. Well, we'll show you. Like, where's that on a night like tonight? I, I, I just, there are times where they feel like they can do those things, where they can have those nights because they feel like they've earned that and they haven't earned shit. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's just every night that they play against a bad team that seems to come and rear its ugly head. And a lot of the times when they beat bad teams, it's come from behind fashion. Like, we don't, we talk, we talk about over the past few years them playing against bad teams and their record is probably a lot better than we would think it is against teams that are under 500, obviously. But it feels like a lot of these games, they come from behind, they're down early, they have these slow starts. It just, it feels so few and far between that they come out against a bad team and just jump all over them. It just feels like they have to rev the engine. They have to have a couple bad periods. They have to have Sheldon Keefe come in between the, the, the intermission, give him a little pee-pee whack, get him going like he always has to do. It's just, it's, it's so, it's so pee whack, you know, they're the, they're the pee whack boys. They're the king of it. Like they need it so bad. It's, and it's just, it's such a fresh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just there. Like, it's so true. And I, I just, yeah, it's just tough when you watch these games because again, you try to isolate it into, okay, don't make too big of a deal of it. But when you've, this is the, this is the gamble that Kyle Dubas made. This is what I talked about night one with Justin Bourne. Like when you roll it back with the same crew over and over again, and you don't make changes and the same problems pop up and you do it in a place that cares like the fans do here, then people are going to start to get pissed off. Like what happens if the Jays bullpen sucks again next year? You think fans are going to be cool with that? Hell no. They're going to be fine if, you know, a starting pitcher doesn't work out again or whatever. George Springer has a regression year. But the one thing you can't have is the same problems crop up over and over. 
because then it looks like you're being negligent to a problem or you're ignoring something. And that's the tough one for me. By the way, this is a this is like a real spicy one. This is a real spicy one. Well, your way. Oh, okay. I'm ready. You've been spicy. You've been spicy caliente so far. Let's see what you got here now. I got I got some heat. Yeah, I was pissed. Now I'm chilling out. Like <laughs> I could tell. You're yelling at me earlier. I just, I'm sorry. I just it's okay. It's okay. Just the, you know me. I get so defensive of the apologist talk when they have bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Tough play. I even told you I wish that he yelled on a stick and I thought that was a soft call, but it's just to me, the yarn crock one is you got game situation. Like you, you just can't take that there. You're no. 200 feet from your own net and your team is buzzing. You just dumb play. Just dumb play that even. Yeah. Okay. Super hot takery stuff here. Mm. Hey, mm. segment called. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> Do you think that, uh, if it continues this way, which is 500, you know, for like how many weeks of 500 would we be before Sheldon Keefe hot seat talk starts to happen? A good question. And I don't think it's as hot as you think it is. I, I, I bet you he's feeling it already internally because it's, it's for sure. And he, like I mentioned earlier in the show, he talks about it the whole time about, getting up for these games against bad teams, getting up against, and they just never do it. They never do it. At some point, at some point, the players, I guess it's on them, obviously, to play the game. I understand that. But like you said, if it's more than 10 games, 20 games, like what's your number for the real conversations to have if they stay at 500 or God forbid below it, the conversation's going to get louder and louder and louder. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's that hot. I really don't. They could go on a 10-game rip here and make us look like idiots, but if it continues like this, it's not an unfair conversation to have. I'm just asking a question, all right? Can't get mad. I'm just, I really did think that if they were 10 games in and they were 500, if they were 5-5, five and five, 10 games in, I, I think it's on every show. You do? That's, yeah. I, I think it's that short of a leash for this because, okay, I actually, I, like, I've been on record multiple times. I like Sheldon Keefe. I also think he's been outcoached in every playoff series he's been in. Like that. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, he's been a really good regular season coach. He's got a great record. I like the way that he talks. I like everybody behind the scenes talks about him, especially Bourne, the way that he's really open to new ideas. Um, I think it's really tough to be progressive as a hockey coach at times, but he has shown a propensity to that when he has been given the opportunity to do so. Um, but... We watched that Amazon series, right? And that Amazon series, it showed a little bit of, oh, this is a guy who can lose his cool at times and maybe doesn't have everyone on board with his messaging. You remember that coming out of the, that season? Oh, yeah. I'll look at some of these. Well, I never finished it, but. Oh, you, you never. <laughs> I, didn't watch last, I didn't watch last episode. No way. Great content out of it. So mm. watched it. But did you watch the one with Joe Thornton in the room where he's yeah, of course. Thornton basically like undermines him in front of the boys and it goes, wow, that's the leadership group and that's your coach. Anyway, there were just moments throughout that season where you had to wonder, hey, is this guy's message getting through? And then last year felt like, all right, it's the all in season. This is the all or nothing. And then it doesn't happen. And I don't know. I just I would imagine that eventually with a guy like that who gets red hot and who keeps telling you the same things. And if you're not doing them. 
maybe it starts to wear thin. And again, I'm not telling you that he's the problem. I'm telling you far from it. I just, you're not breaking up this core. You're not making in-season trades early on. You have one card to play. Dubas is on the outs if he goes. I don't know if he ever wants to fire his head coach. Like, Well, they're best buds. I don't think. He's not doing it out of self-preservance, right? Like, no. That word right. I feel like a bozo every time I say it. But either way, I just, I feel like, yeah, the question needs to be asked if they continue. Like, I, I shouldn't say the question is if they continue this way because it's more unlikely that they don't. I think the question is what what is the leash for him to start the season in terms of showing some of the same patterns and what a record would have to be after what, like 10, 15 games, 20 games? What is it? So there's, I'm, this is something we've always talked about is that there's just a sense of comfort with this whole team, with this whole organization from top to bottom. It's always been the sense of comfort and they've talked about it after the last however million times they've gone out in the first round and they haven't changed anything. The sense of comfort has always been there with this team. And listen, it's four games. They're two and two. They've lost to the two of the worst teams in the league. Literally the two worst that are trying to be the two worst, like we mentioned off the top. So it's hard to really gauge where they're at in terms of, I, it's, I have no read on this team is what I'm trying to get at here. I have no read on them, but the sense of comfort, and if they keep being mediocre like this for the next stretch of games, the conversations are definitely going to start. There's no, there's no doubt. You, you'll be talking about, it. yeah. You don't think Kipper's going to be talking about it? Like it's, it's the, the conversations are going to start. He was, call, he was talking about it. He was talking about it after they lost the halves. So, like the conversation starting. I'm going to repeat myself so many times on this show, but I don't blame the fans who were unbelievably frustrated because, again, if you really care about this team, then I know that the layer, the threshold you have, the level of patience you have to see this rolled over for another year of your life mm -mm. the exact same way. Like I said, having looking and seeing Eric Schalgren in that four games in and blowing a game to the Arizona Coyotes who are playing in a place called Mullet Arena with five and they don't think they can sell it out is just, you know, you got to sit with that now till Thursday, right? Like they got thrashed in their first two games, like destroyed. Yeah. Pittsburgh just hung one on them. And I don't know who they, and they, I forget who they played their other game. Season was the Richie. Yeah. Is there anything more? Oh, just the Toronto Maple Leafs trifecta, like special. Well, <laughs> that wasn't like tier scores goal check. Yes. Team that gets no coverage and stinks shows up here and plays their heart out like it's their Super Bowl. Check. <laughs> Chiefs can't take forever to find a way to match the energy level of Super Bowl contender team. Honestly, it's so sad. It's so sad. It is. Being a Leafs fan or being a Leafs <laughs> team for your entire life. Like, it was everything. It was just... We were cooking up the soup. We we're like, oh, did you get uh, the guys? <laughs> I put a little bit of that in. Stir it up. Familiarity, <laughs> babe. This uh, every sauce you've ever had in your. <laughs> the only thing that was different was it was on Sportsnet on a Monday instead of Tuesday on Leafs TV. Yeah. You can't convince me this wasn't 2006 on Leafs TV versus the Panthers. I remember paying that, like, what was it? Six bucks a month for Leafs TV for those. What were they? 12 games and they were all against the worst teams. They always lost in heartbreaking fashion to the worst teams in the league. <laughs> Every <laughs> Anything else from you? Like, but I'm not, I'm not doling out those positives of the, like from the third period, because it was just to me too little, too late, even though, you know, they are a team 
This is their curse, right? They're so talented they can just do that at any given time. Yeah, that's basically it. It's just frustrating that they can play as well as they did in the third for stretches after they get a goal. Like just play like that from the start of the game and you'll win that game eight nothing. It's just it's frustrating, but that's who they are. And we're gonna that's why we love to talk about them. That's why they give us tons of stuff to talk about. If we'd be coming on here, they win eight nothing every night. We wouldn't have a lot to talk about, but it's just frustrating that it goes like this way. You, yeah, I always wondered that about the Warriors. Like Warriors talk. <laughs> we won by 50 again. <laughs> KD scored 30. Uh, and we just beat the Sacramento Kings by 40. <laughs> as a guy who has a guy who produced Jay's talk in 2015, they'll still find something to b- about. That's different. That, that how dare you compare the, the Warriors? <laughs> the, the, Buddy, the Jay's second half 2015, they never lost. Buddy, I watched every game with you. Like, I know. Uh, a player shall be permitted to stop or bat a puck in the air with an open hand or push it along the ice with his hand. Everyone, and the play shall not be stopped unless, in the opinion of the on-ice officials, he has directed the puck to a teammate or has allowed his team to gain an advantage. So that's what they would have called it on. Gain an advantage, right? Like stop the puck with his hand, hand passed it, knocked it. They got that wrong. But I just that's but that's what I'm just saying. That's got to be the letter of the law because he obviously like that's got to be it. Control of the puck is obtained by a player of the offending team, either directly or deflected off any player of the official. So deflecting off of Keller didn't matter, right? Like I thought that that part of it did, but that rule clearly says. And then hand, closing the hand of the puck is different. But either way, to me that they got that wrong. Yeah, they did. Like. So they did. They thought that was decisive enough to overturn it because it was ruled a good goal. It's the same thing as I just completely disagree with that call. It hit him. He had no idea. It hit him in the hand. He had no idea it was going to hit him in the hand. The stick was there. That's a bad call. They got it wrong. Least deserved to lose. Yeah. Story of the night. Jeff's got it wrong. Eric Schalgren in that game four. Muzzin. <laughs> See, Matthews one point in four games. <laughs> worried about like, yeah i know but unless unless we found out that the reason he had one point is he was like yeah uh i, I i'm trying to do like you remember there used to be those rumors of like larry bird play a whole game where he'd shoot left-handed and math oh yeah or or it's like i don't want to hurt my future team's feelings too bad <laughs> yeah, no there's no worse take than matthew's going to arizona but yeah uh i hope that What's the king's salary cap situation to you? <laughs> Kopitar's off the books. No big deal. <laughs> uh, this is Lee. Subscribe to the podcast. I hope all the audio and all the stuff's fixed. Uh, we're doing our best over here, all right? Is it fixed? I don't know. Send us a note. Send us a text. Leave a five-star review. If you left a negative review, change it, all right? Oh, by the way, we're going to be on YouTube every night except for Saturdays. This, the YouTube will go up after, but it won't be live-streamed. Um, but it will be live streamed on SN now. So if you're still like hardcore for the video because you want to see two handsome guys chop it up, I'm like I get it. Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? You can go to SN now. Otherwise, just subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them and then YouTube every day except for Saturdays. All right. Thanks to David Sis. Thanks to Show Ali. Thanks to Sam McKee. I'm JD Bunkus. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus at Sam A. McKee. We'll see you Thursday night.